fasten your seat belts. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, we are, we're, we're back once again for another 1991 movie. I have with me uh, this time around Patrick and Bo. Gentlemen. Yo. Yo, yo Bo. Hey, hey. Kind of like G.I. Joe. Oh, bombs away. That didn't quite work. <laughs> well, that got awkward. What was that? Was that? Was that Jar Jar? <laughs> it's best not to ask what that was because I, I know what I was going for and it failed. <laughs> that's okay. That's like the times where I think like when I practice, when I practice a voice or something, I, I know I can get it. But then when I try to do one on the fly here and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's like when Sean Connery said this and you guys are like, oh, I thought that was Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still saying go back to our Hunt for an October podcast where you guys do the Sean Connery voice and then mine. And it's like perfect. Like it's totally like the crickets. Like it's it's uh, it's a pretty bad impression. And the reaction is priceless. And, and Pat's just like, I'll, I'll see myself out. I'm done. I'm, I can't do impressions. I just, you know, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. You always leave a good impression. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. Sure you do. Sure you do. Speaking of leaving a good impression, I, I think we can mention this because I think it's probably right around the time it came out. Uh, Pat and I had a blast uh, actually last night uh, at the time of this recording. Um, we went uh, yes. we were guests on the Totally Rad Christmas podcast uh, with Jerry, and we spent uh, we spent a, a little over a good hour talking about Die Hard. Yeah, it was fun was times. Very, that was a cool experience. And it was so nice of him to invite us on. And he's uh he has a great show. I love all the segments and the, you know, the bits that he does and the, and the it was a great conversation. And yeah. it was, uh, it was cool talking about someone to, you know, at the beginning of the podcast was almost a complete stranger, but, uh, just, you know, coming together over, you know, a great movie and talking about it. And it was fun. It was very fun. It was as, as the show went on, it was like, it was more and more of a, that's my favorite scene too. Yes. That, I, I love that part too. Yeah. So it was just, it was fun. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because, you know, he had, you know, the, like the segments that he does at the end. And I, I didn't want to reject the question, but there were a couple of them. I, I felt bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, hopefully I didn't, uh, you know, mess that up too badly. I had, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't our show, but I mean, I had this ready in case we needed it. Pat just rejected your question. <laughs> <laughs> didn't use it. Cause I, I didn't know how he was going to do his editing part, but, uh, Right. We could have. We could have used you, it. You, you got to have that ready at the ready. Mm-hmm. Bo, how are you doing? I'm well, John. How are you? you? You and Jar Jar over there. How are you guys doing? We're doing just fine. He's going to sleep now. <laughs> wow. He's that so got, annoying. That, that got dark. <laughs> <laughs> Only in your mind, sir. <clears throat> Only in your mind. Misa Day starting pretty okay today. And and Bo Choka Misa. <laughs> Misa dead. <laughs> yeah. Dead? I said sleep. You know. Uh, yeah, but I, it's, we've been watching a lot of mafia movies lately, so. Sleeping with the fishes. You, you say sleep. I think murdered. You know. Fair enough. It is what it is. Fair enough. All right. Well, our movie, speaking of murder, uh, our movie this time around is Ricochet. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a lovely uh, art house French film uh, based on the name. Yeah, it's not French at all. I don't think there's anything French about it. No, no. Um, but uh, before we even get started, I, I want to ask you guys this question. Why do you think this movie was called Ricochet? I don't want to. I was wondering that, too, but I was like, I don't want to be the simpleton. I mean, did you just figure somebody was like, hey. 
It's a cop movie. What's a word related to cops or shooting or something? I wonder if they just sat down with like a thesaurus and just went through and they're like, what can we call this one? Yeah. I, I don't, I, know. I, I don't it, know. It seemed like a strange title. I don't know. Not that it's, yeah. not that it's a bad title, but I'm just like, what does ricochet? I, I think I spent too long thinking about it. Yeah. Hey, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Can we talk about that movie? Did you really? Are you <laughs> well, kidding? You, what, yeah, I did because I'm rewatching all the Marvel. That's where I am and, too. Okay, I'm, 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 just, I'm actually a third of the way through Guardians of the Galaxy two right now. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. I think I've only seen Guardians of the Galaxy a grand total of once because I started rewatching really? it and I'm like, I think I haven't seen it since I last saw it. And this movie, this movie is amazing. Like it's amazing mm-hmm. with a capital uh. And anyways, nothing goes over wait. my head. My reset. I would catch it. My reflexes are too quick. You're like a thesaurus. <laughs> Don't ever call me a thesaurus again. I mean, that's when you said thesaurus. I'm just yeah. saying it's it's an amazing movie. So yeah. here's why I'm saying ricochet. Here's where I'm coming down because yeah, I gave this some thought. Yeah. Gave some lay, thought, lay, and I'm going to say late on us. Denzel Washington, the yeah. great, the incomparable. Uh, Denzel Washington. He's, you'd say he's incomparable? Uh, yeah, like you cannot compare him to anything. Incomparable? Wow, that's more than comparable. That's right. It's, uh, he... Would you say a blether? <laughs> he caught, um, uh, you know, uh, he caught, uh, what's it, the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Um, yeah, Harry Henderson. Yeah, Harry Henderson. Yeah. He caught Harry Henderson. And then Harry Henderson kind of like came back after him, sort of like a ricochet bullet. But then at the end, it's true. Harry, Harry from the Hendersons or the Hen- the Henderson. Well, Mr. Harry, Henderson. Was, Harry was the Bigfoot. I don't remember what it is. Right. Yeah. Then he tried to get his revenge on the great and wonderful uh, Denzel Washington. But then Denzel Washington was able to pull the reversal and sort of like a bullet ricochet was able to get him. That's as much as I got. That's as that's as, I, as I see what as you're. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I I smell I, what you. I smell what you're cooking. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Okay, all right, that's acceptable. I think that's as, that's as that's good of an I, answer as we're gonna get. So okay, okay, all right. Well, very very quickly, uh, we do spoil freely here, so just be warned right now that um, we're just talking. So just be aware we spoil. Uh, the 30-something movie podcast is also part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. This episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. So for more information, go ahead and check out www.scenestealersglobal.com. Uh, visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon, all that good stuff. Um, and I will just, I'll do a rundown real quick. If you want to get some of those Patreon exclusive episodes, we've got some good stuff from just this year alone that we've been working on. Um, we had clash of the Titans, the 81 version. We had Willy Wonka from 1971. We had our top three favorite songs from 90 and 91. We did Raiders of the lost Ark. Uh, we last month was French connection. And then coming up this month will be the guns of Navarone. So all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and then later on, we've got the Heir to the Empire trilogy. We're going to do a book review on that one. Stripes, My Dinner with Andre, Evil Dead. Um, I think later in the year, we're going to do our favorite TV shows of 91. And then we'll finish this year with It's a Wonderful Life from 46. So those are our Patreon exclusive. So supporting us at any level on Patreon, uh, you get access to those. So And those are usually supersized episodes, usually at least a couple hours, maybe three hours long by the time we're done with the whole thing. So get a little extra bang for your buck there that's right you got leftovers no. for breakfast the next it day. is it, it absolutely is and if you if you enjoy jogging or if you're mowing your lawn it's it's springtime so maybe you're mowing your lawn uh looking at you val kilmer and uh it's it gives you plenty of plenty a plethora if you will Bo. there you go we do have a plethora mm-hmm. of episodes uh, that you can get there if you're one of those patreon co-executive producers but um yeah, so this uh, this is the first week of the month of June for us. So usually when we hit the first week, we do this month in 91. So we're going to jump in the DeLorean. We're going to uh, go uh, go all the way up to 88, and we're going to hop back to 1991. So June of 91, some top news in June of 91. June 6th, 
NBC announces that Jay Leno will succeed Johnny Carson as host of the tonight show Mm. on May 25th, 92, uh, June 10th, David Lynch's twin peaks airs its final episode on ABC. June 11th for the techies in the crowd, Microsoft releases MS DOS 5.0. Ah, those were the days. Uh, Mm -hmm. June 12th, Boris Yeltsin wins Russia's first presidential election with 57% of the vote. Uh, June 17th, the body of the 12th U.S. president, Zachary Taylor, is exhumed to test how he died. Rumors had persisted since his death in 1850 of arsenic poisoning. No evidence of this was found. Hmm. I didn't realize that. I know they dug him up. Um, And then June 18th, everything I do, I do it for you. The single Mm -hmm. is released by Brian Adams and it is Billboard Song of the Year 1991. All right. Uh, Born on this day, uh, actress Zazie Beetz. Uh, was born on June 1st. She was in Atlanta and Deadpool 2. Uh, she's actually American. Well, she's German. Uh, she was born in Berlin, Germany. And then on June 10th, um, I don't know. I don't know that he himself is probably well known for a lot, but his mother is. Uh, James Cleveland McFadden Talbot. Anybody want to guess who his mommy was? With a last name like McFadden? Dr. Crusher. Oh, oh. Yeah. June 10th, nice. June 10th of 91, uh, Gates McFadden had her, had her child, James Cleveland McFadden Talbot. Wow. Well, good for her. Um, I, Pat, I figured you would know this one on June 10th. Stan Getz, uh, American jazz tenor saxophonist dies of liver cancer at age 64. Yeah. Jeez. Way too young. Yeah. Top sports in this one. Uh, Pat, I figured you'd know this one, too. On June 2nd in 91, three Andretti's finish one, two, and three at the Miller 200. Yep. I remember that one. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. June 12th, NBA Finals. The Chicago Bulls built, beat the L.A. Lakers 108 to 101 in game five for the first of three straight titles. Uh, Michael Jordan is MVP. Top books, Loves Music, Loves to Dance by Mary Higgins Clark, Oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss, and Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. There you go. Uh, Top movies, Backdraft, City Slickers, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and The Naked Gun, Two and a Half. (laughs) And then top songs for the month of June were More Than Words by Extreme and Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. And uh, all right, I think that's probably it for 91. Yeah, that's all we got for 91. So good, good times chunk of information. Good times in 91. Good stuff going on. All right. So our movie this time around is Ricochet. Uh, I guess if you want to pronounce it in the original French Ricochet. I have no idea. Can do that. Yeah. Uh, release date was 4th of October, 1991, rated R with a runtime of one hour, 42 minutes, directed by Russell Mulcahy, who did Highlander and the TV series Teen Wolf. Producer on this one was Michael Levy and Joel Silver. Levy did Demolition Man and The Last Boy Scout. Silver did The Matrix and Die Hard. Uh, writers on this one, Fred Decker did the story. Menno Mahes did the story. Stephen E. D'Souza did the screenplay. Uh, Decker did The Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. Mahes did Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and The Color Purple. And D'Souza did Die Hard and Commando. Cinematography by Peter Levy, who did Predator 2 and Broken Arrow. Music by Alan Silvestri, uh, who did Predator and the Avengers. I'm going to stop right there for a second, even though I know we're probably going to talk about it later. But um, I didn't look up any other information about this movie before I started watching it. And immediately I'm like, what are we like chasing the Predator or something? What's going on with the music here? Okay. I'm like, that's got to be Alan Silvestri. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool when you pick up. Al- Alvin Silvestri is a chipmunk. That's totally different. <laughs> oh, fun. Uh, but, but that's cool when you start to pick up like the cues, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, and it was, it was totally obvious. And in fact, there were moments that it was like, I wonder if he just lifted it straight from predator and, and dropped it in this book. Cause it sounds so much like the predator soundtrack, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget on this one. Not sure what the budget was. Couldn't find that box office was 21.8 million. Flick metrics gives it a 58% and cinema score gives it a B. Uh, Denzel Washington played Nick Stiles. Uh, no relation to Furious Styles, I'm guessing, um, from uh, from Boys in the Hood. 
Same last name, but no relation, as far as we know. Uh, he was in Training Day and The Book of Eli. John Lithgow played Earl Talbot Blake. Like any good serial killer, you got to have uh, three names there. Mm-hmm. Um, the World According to Garp and Third Rock. Ice-T played Odessa. He was in New Jack City and Law & Order SVU. Kevin Pollack played Larry Doyle. He was in The Usual Suspects and A Few Good Men. Lindsay Wagner played DA Priscilla Brimley. She was in The Bionic Woman and The Paper Chase. Mary Ellen Trainer died in 2015, played, uh, played Gail Wallens. She was in Die Hard and The Goonies. Josh Evans played Kim. He was in The Doors and Born on the Fourth of July. Victoria Dillard played Alice. She was in Coming to America and Ali. Uh, John Amos played Reverend Styles. He was in Coming to America and Good Times. John Cothran played Councilman Ferris. He was in Black Snake Moan and Boys in the Hood. And Jesse Ventura played Chowalski. He was in Predator and Demolition Man. After tracking down and arresting Earl Talbot Blake, played by John Lithgow, a psychotic hitman, rookie Los Angeles police officer Nick Stiles, Denzel Washington, is hailed as a hero. Several years later, Stiles' life appears perfect. He has married his girlfriend, started a family, and risen to the position of assistant district attorney. However, his world is turned upside down when Blake escapes from prison with plans to exact brutal and well-calculated revenge. The gun! Drop the gun! Now I'm going to show you. I got absolutely nothing on underneath, all right? No hidden guns. I don't even have a chest protector on. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I don't want you to look stupid, right? I lay the gun down. You let the girl go. I'll be your hostage. Now I'm putting the gun down. As a rookie cop, Nick Stiles made an arrest. Now the only weapon I got left now is useless unless you're a pretty girl. <laughs> that launched him into the limelight. District Attorney Nicholas Stiles has proven he can round up criminals. But the one conviction he never thought twice about. Remember Earl Talbot Blake? No, the name escapes me. Never stopped thinking about him. I got things to live for. There's something real scary out on those streets. He's watching. Your closest associate had $10,000 in his possession before he died, and you have been linked to the disappearance of that money and child pornography. Somebody somewhere is enjoying this because things like this don't just happen. And waiting. What if it was somebody he locked up? You wanted to be in the limelight. What's a hot seat now, pal? I'm gonna make him pay for this. That's for damn sure they're gonna pay for this. <laughs> If you don't trust me, at least trust my main street homeboy. I want to see his face in the light of those cameras when they put the cuffs on. When it'll be complete. Denzel Washington, John Lithgow, Ice T. Ricochet. Ricochet. You just have to say it like that. Ricochet. That it makes it all better. Yeah. All right. So our, our typical first question here, uh, as we usually do is, um, and we'll make it a two parter. Uh, is this the first time you've seen this movie and how did it make you feel? Yeah. First time, first time I saw it, it made me feel, um, I think that noise might just be your answer. Yeah. I would say, I mean, impressed with John Lithgow and impressed with uh, um, Denzel Washington. Beyond impressed. I mean, they're just fantastical actors and showed it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was that was my that was my that was my reaction. I didn't have issues with the movie acting wise. You know, same as same as you. I'm like, it's it's great actors. Denzel, John Lithgow. I, I pretty much will watch anything they're going to be in because um, I know you're going to get a great performance out of them. Um, I will say I felt uh, this was the first time watching for me. I had not seen this movie before. Um, I will say I felt a little awkward on behalf of the movie. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I'll clarify. Yes. I'll clarify that by saying, if you've ever watched, I don't know if you, I really haven't been to too many like live stand up comedy things. Um, 
but I feel like I feel like if you were at a stand-up comedy show and the comedian was not was kind of funny but not really and the jokes just weren't landing but you you couldn't quite tell if that was all part of the act or not right you, you get what i'm trying to say i get what you're trying to say yeah that was this movie for me was i was like it has all the ingredients to be a lethal weapon or a diehard or uh you know something like that and it just It just felt a little awkward. Just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it's like, it didn't quite hit the mark. You know, it was, yeah. it was on the board, but it just, well, I, I'll, you know, I got to ask Bo his, cause we're only I was supposed to keep this short, but um, you know, we, when we were on that other podcast and we kept talking about one of the great things about Die Hard is there's so many like great one-liners and there's so much great dialogue and there's so much memorable dialogue in that movie that, you know, humanizes the villain or makes it like, Oh man, that's a great line for a villain to say, or, you know, the stuff John McClane says. And in this movie, you could tell they were trying to do the same thing. There's a whole bunch of one-liners. There's a whole bunch of what should be zingers in this movie. And yet when they deliver them and, and through no fault of, I don't think through any fault of John Lithgow or Denzel Washington, their delivery is fine. Most of those one-liners, it just had me sitting there going, wait, what did they just say? Mm-hmm. Like what? It, it was almost like they were trying to come up with, it was almost like every, every line said by those two characters in a pivotal moment, like they were trying to invent the perfect catchphrase. And I was like, right. no. <laughs> don't you're trying too hard guys you, you're just you're trying way too hard so right. all right so I, I went on for too long Bo what did you uh so for it was this your first time watching and how to make you yes feel? I think I'm going to steal a line from those from these kids today mm -hmm. it made me feel some kind of way okay it just you might have put it in better words um, it just didn't hit the mark in a lot of ways. And yeah. Cause it's, yeah. it starts off, it starts off promising, right? It like, did. like the it movie did. starts like, off. It, they were yeah. setting you up for something good for sure. Yeah. Just didn't really land. Yeah. Cause you got, you got Denzel, you got Kevin Pollack. I mean, and I thought they were great as partners. Yeah. yeah, they were fun. Like, and they didn't, you know, they avoided the trope of not, you know, they avoided that trope where even the partner doesn't believe him. Right. And they have to go through that 20 minutes. They just said, no, this, this guy's in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is good. And, and sometimes I think that needs to happen more. <laughs> right. So we start off the movie and we, we, we get, we kind of get that there at the beginning as we've, we get introduced to the two cops and uh, we kind of get introduced introduced to them at a basketball game, and uh, they're not doing so well. But that also introduces Ice T's character, and then we kind of we kind of jump ahead a little bit to they're at kind of like a carnival. Um, I don't recall exactly what the what the carnival was. It was just some type of fair that they're having in the town, and um, they they kind of stumble upon a you know a a deal gone bad. And they hear some gunshots, and so they're going to kind of investigate. And you get that moment where John Lithgow's out. He's taken a hostage. And uh, Denzel Washington, you know, it was almost like – because Denzel I don't think is really going to play crazy like a, uh, a Mel Gibson would with a Martin Riggs. But Denzel Washington, I don't think too many folks are going to mind if he's if he's taking his shirt off. So, you know, that's how he is, is going to distract the, uh, you know, the crook is start taking his shirt off. He's like, look, I, I got no armor on. I got to, he has that one line. I think we both kind of chuckled at during the trailer is, you know, I got the only weapon I got left is, is, is only if you're a pretty girl. So I got, I got nothing yeah. left here. And, um, and you know, so eventually, and then he, you know, has the gun in the back of his pants and he ends up taking down John Lithgow and he, he's got him. And, and so that's kind of the catalyst for the rest of the movie, because then John Lithgow is spending his time in prison trying to figure out how he can get back 
at uh, at Denzel's character and how he can, you know, go about ruining his life. And and like you said, you know, when we first started, we we're trying to figure out, OK, where does the ricochet meaning come from or how does that fit in? And through the movie, you spend kind of the rest of the movie is he he does kind of systematically destroy a lot of Denzel's life through you know creating these manufactured, you know, uh, addiction to drugs or, um, you know, the, the other guy he was with, the councilman he was with. Um, they make it look like he was, uh, you know, he had child pornography and, and all kinds of other stuff. And and uh, and then it kind of flips in the movie. And, and then Denzel is is starting to kind of flip things around on him, too. But, you know, that's kind of the, the premise of this movie is the back and forth, I guess, of, of them, you know, quote unquote, ruining each other's lives. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it, it just for me, the the setup, kind of the story of it. <sighs> You know, even the story was fine. Like, I don't think I have too many problems with the story. I thought, um, which to tie it to another Denzel movie, which I think might have even done it just maybe a little bit better, um, is the movie Fallen. And I know I've talked about that one before, um, where the it's the uh, demonic possession one where there's the demon that can pass from person to person. And mm -hmm. he kind of takes a, a, a liking is not the right word, but he kind of takes a liking to Denzel and, uh, and his character. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to mess with this guy's life and I'm going to do some stuff to kind of frame him and, and get his life, you know, totally ruined. Uh, just cause I'm a demon. And then that's what I do. That's how I roll. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, so similar, I mean, several years later, but similar to the premise of this one where, you know, John Lithgow is trying to ruin his life. So I don't think I have too many problems with the story, like the actual plot, and I really don't have problems with the acting. The acting was great. I think, like I said before, I think it was the dialogue. Like the dialogue regularly took me out of this movie. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And some of the action choices just, it was just a little bit too over the top. You know, I mean, like the stripping down your clothes. I mean, it's just, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I get what they're trying to do, but, you know. Yeah. And I'll say that's the best part about Denzel Washington. Like, like he almost sold it. You know what I'm like? He, I think he did sell it. Like he's, he makes it look cool. He makes it look like legit, like even jumping ahead to courtroom thing, you know, when he makes that speech in the courtroom and yeah. then he starts screaming yeah, ah! and everyone's like, Oh my God, like what the heck? Like, but then he somehow throws it out there and brings it back and makes that and that, adds into the speech because he's able to do crazy stuff and then just be completely deadpan, but just so cool. Yeah. You know, he just looks cool. Um, so that goes a long way in, in terms of selling it, but yeah, some, some interesting choices with some of the, you said um, dialogue and I say, you know, some of the action sequences. Yeah. So it was, I mean, for the, the story itself, when we think about like the, the, kind of the substance of the movie, the story, the plot, um, was it believable? Because there were, there were moments where things were a little over the top where some characters were a little over the top, but the story itself, do you feel like that was, was that believable enough to keep your attention? I think so. I, I kind of feel like, I mean, guy gets angry, wants revenge. I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff before, right? You know, there's, I mean, what was it? Uh, it was a cop movie. Kurt Russell was in it a couple of years back that we did. Right. Kurt Russell. And, um, was it Tom Berenger? Are you thinking of Tango and cash? No, this was like sure. a, or maybe it was Ray Liotta and Kurt Russell. I thought there was something where one of them was a cop and the other one was a former cop or something. And like tries to take revenge and messes with his family, you know? So I don't know, but I think that that's kind of a, that's a theme that works, you know, whether it's believable in real life or not, I think it's, it works within the context of a movie. Um, you know, so I think the story was like, Oh, okay, cool. Some guy that wants to take revenge. Um, and then framing someone, you know, like they totally set him up. I tend not to like movies like that. You know, I don't like it when, I kind of like it more straight up. I don't like it when someone's on the run and everyone thinks that, Oh, well he did it kind of thing. Um, but I, I think the reason I don't like it is it's just, it, it sucks me in and I'm like, Oh no, clear your name. Is he going to do it? Is he going to, you know, is everyone going to believe him? Like it kind of adds to the suspense. So, I mean, I, I like that. I think just, 
Yeah, I, I think the storyline kind of works, or the not the storyline, but the concept. You know. Yeah, I don't know that there was any fault in that. I mean, it's a pretty standard story. The guy who got thrown in jail comes back to get the cop who put him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing really. And I don't think anything that that they had the villain do was completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Maybe the last scene was a little, but, you mm-hmm. know, it certainly wasn't out of the realm of reality for as, nah. for as methodical as, uh, as the villain seemed to be for the rest of the movie, it deems, it did seem like he very quickly kind of went off the deep end when he found out that, uh, Denzel's character was still alive mm-hmm. like that, that escalated quickly. Yeah. There were a couple of times where I felt there was an escalation for time's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one, and I feel like maybe even in the prison sequence, like, um, the, and I'll try to put my finger on it, but there were a couple times where I was like, okay, we could have spent a little more time there. The movie could have been 10 minutes longer and that would have felt more motivated. It would have felt more earned maybe. Uh Um, there were a lot of moments. I felt like there were several moments in the movie I think that's a good way of putting it that they didn't, they didn't stick around long enough for it to earn the tension that it probably mm-hmm. needed. You know, the whole thing of when they filmed him together with the, with the, the woman and they mm-hmm. created that tape and they had her saying something, they put different audio in. So to, yeah, but they didn't sit with that long enough. Like it was very quickly. It was like, Oh, this is shocking. Look at it. Even his wife is not going to trust him. And, and he might have some kind of a disease now. And he did, but they didn't sit with it long enough. Like it was, it was almost like quickly. Oh no. On to the next thing. Like, here's another scandal. Here's another. And it didn't, it almost, I wanted it to just kind of simmer a little bit. Yeah. And and maybe one less scandal would have been okay. If that meant you could have stuck with the one you were on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like they were piling on and trying to race through it. It felt like a montage more than a, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, it was goofy for sure. And, and frankly, that's got to be the worst security at a jail ever, <laughs> right? Because and, and and you know we we talked about this was this two years ago now, yeah, two years ago now. I didn't realize that this movie was the first instance where they had an organized game of jugger from that movie Blood of Heroes. Mm-hmm. That they organized one in the in the prison cafeteria, and I was like, that's <laughs> that's amazing. Either well, and it, it didn't hurt that you know this this had some uh, Highlander people in common, but I'm like, mm-hmm. it's either it's either a reenactment of a scene from Highlander or they're playing a game of jugger from that movie, that uh, Rutger Hauer movie. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Yeah. I was like, really? Is this, and not that I'm not that I ever want to go to prison, but is this really how they handle things in prison? And is the security that bad that we can apparently put on our book armor and, uh, and do battle? The The book armor was outstanding. I, I feel like I didn't watch this with my wife, but I feel like as a librarian, she might've appreciated that. Yeah. Or she would have said they were, you know, defiling. Well, that Defi- too. that's a good word. That yeah. Too. I did like his, <laughs> when the book guy came around, give me two of the biggest books you got. Yeah. I got war and peace in the Bible. Yeah. 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 So I wonder what he used for, oh, that should have been one of our three questions. If you were going to build book armor, you know, what armor, what books would you use for your armor? Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think War and Peace is definitely going to be in there. War and Peace has got to be on the list, right? Yeah. The, complete, the decline the, and fall of the Roman Empire. There you go. I've, I've got mm-hmm. a I've got a complete works of Shakespeare that's pretty big. Yep. There you go. Although, <laughs> knowing how you well know, I would probably do in battle, I I don't think an entire collection of Encyclopedia Britannica probably would save me. The tax code, the U.S. tax code, oh, that'd yeah. probably be you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was the, it was the first thing I thought of. And actually, ironically, um, the, was it the, let me look it up real fast. I, I had it right here. Um, yeah. So the role of the, the killer Earl, uh, Talbot Blake, um, was originally considered for Rutger Hauer, who was the actor in that blood of heroes movie okay. where they had jugger. So I was like, well, 
I mean, he could have just he could have just reenacted the whole scene, you know, whole fight scenes from that movie, the whole sports scenes from that movie in this prison scene. Right. Right. That would have been perfect. Uh, would you gentlemen like for me to blow your minds just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, okay. man. Okay. So this movie, and I had no idea about this. Um, so this movie had Mary Ellen Trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in she was in Die Hard and the Goonies, and in Die Hard, she was the not the obnoxious you know not William Atherton the obnoxious journalist, um, but she was a TV reporter in mm-hmm. Die Hard, and as a TV reporter in Die Hard, her name was Gail Wallens. Mm-hmm. In this movie, her name is Gail Wallens. What? It is supposed to be the exact same person. It's the same world. It's the same universe. Yep. It's the same uh, old world. Yeah. The Die Hard the Die Hardiverse. That's that's awesome. Seriously, yeah. that's awesome. Because you know I thought that was, I, awesome. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, because you've got I mean you have some writers in common. Um yeah. you know, you've got the well the producer, yeah, the producers in common and D'Souza, who wrote Die Hard, did the screenplay. Right. So I I think that was kind of fun. You know, anybody yeah. who might have anybody who might have gone to see these movies, it, otherwise there's no you know, there's no shared universe in nineteen ninety one for anything. But right. the fact that you could look at something like this and be like, Huh, that's supposed to be set in the same well, okay, that's kind of cool. That is cool. That is really cool. A little Easter egg for the folks that catch those kind of things. Yes. Exactly. Um, I did not want to miss my opportunity to point this one out because this was the line that that I've already mentioned that some of the dialogue in this, I felt like they were trying too hard to mm-hmm. come up with a come up with a good catchphrase. They were trying too hard to die hard it um, and come up with a bunch yeah. of catchphrases. And um, so this one and, and I have to I, I got to cue it up here because this is exactly what it made me think of at the moment. Like I didn't have to think about this. I'm like, <laughs> That's exactly what that reminds me of. Right. The moment where I think it's the first moment where Denzel finds out that um, Earl Talbot Blake is still alive and then they Mm -hmm. knock him out. And was it Kim? Was that uh, was that Blake's like squirrely assistant guy? I think that was his name. I think the character's name is Kim. Mm -hmm. Um, They're grabbing him after they've knocked him out. And he goes, and I'm going to, I'm going to clean up the language a little bit because we try to be family friendly. Um, and he goes, I bet he messed his pants. I can't wait to look. And I was like, I do remember that line now that yeah. you say it. And I was yeah. like, I bet he messed his pants. I can't wait to look. Why can you not wait to look? Yeah. that's yeah. And, and you want to know what that made me think of? This, this is exactly what the, that made me think of. You're in big trouble though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's, I, I, wanted, I wanted John Lithgow to turn to him and be like, you can't wait to look? No. Yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, and I don't want to get too uh, uh, like Jack Handy here, but uh, in a way, that line kind of sums up what, what happened with the movie was, oh, it's going real. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, really? So that, mm, did we just carry this too far? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of how I feel about the movie. Like everything, like, oh, wow, this is kind of a compelling plot. Like, yeah, it's, it's suspense. What would you do in this situation? Oh, okay. This is so crazy. Like, all right, really? Like we're going to do all those things. Um, okay. You know, you're, you're going to try and catch this guy. Uh, you know, at the end, you came up with this plan and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're swinging from buildings and news cameras are showing up at like, oh, we're going to do that. Oh, OK. You know, I mean, it was just. Oh, so you think your daughters are in trouble, so you're going to run in your bathrobe and boxer shorts across town. I Like, I, yeah, that's kind of how it was. It was like, cool. Oh, wait. You, no, we took that too far. We took that too far. Let's. Let's bring that one back a little bit. So here was another interesting thing I, I found is that apparently this movie was originally written as a Dirty Harry film. Okay. And Clint Eastwood didn't want it because he felt the storyline was too grim. All right. I could see that. Too yeah. grim for Dirty Harry. That's saying something. 
Well, and I think originally there was more torture in this in the screenplay from what i hear they had some scenes where there was torture and i guess those scenes got cut out because the test audiences you know in particular it was a it was a white man torturing a black man and i think some of the scenes just very much did not play well with the test audiences so they took those pieces out so it sounds like the screenplay could have been a little bit more intense even than right what the movie ended up being yeah oh interesting yeah, this is a, I mean, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse with it, but this movie is an interesting bird. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's got a lot of different, I, I commented to to Pat, you know, towards the beginning um, that uh, I, I felt like when I first started the movie, I didn't look up who was doing the music. I didn't look up who the cinematographer was, but immediately in some of the first action scenes, I'm like, well, did I, I accidentally put on predator. Like what is going on here with the music? Uh, and now, so back in my immediately, I was like, ah, it's got to be Alan Silvestri. It's got to be him because it sounds exactly like it's lifted directly from Predator. And sure enough, I go look and I'm like, no, no, that's that's uh, that's Commando. That's Predator. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. No, so um, so and, and sometimes for me, I, it, not always, but sometimes for me, when that happens, even with someone like James Horner, who I, I've said before, I the more and more I think about it, I might even like James Horner better than john williams i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna blaspheme and say that um Mm -hmm. but even with john horner and with john williams to a certain degree too whenever whenever i hear a piece of music by a composer that i know and that i enjoy and it sounds too similar to something else they've done it kind of takes me out of the movie and I, and I know yeah. we were talking, I, I think before we started recording, I think we were talking a little bit about that. And, mm-hmm. and I know that there are times, so I'm not like blaming Alan Silvestri for that because Pat, I think like you said, when we were talking, it's like, you know, sometimes they don't have a choice. Like the director is like, this is what I want to hear. I want to mm-hmm. hear something that sounds exactly like commando. I want to hear something that sounds exactly like this piece in predator. Um, and if they don't do it, you know, they let them go and they find a different composer. So mm-hmm. you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's totally fine. I'm not faulting them for it. But for me personally, when I hear something that's too close to something else, you know, when I hear when I hear a, a piece of music that I know is in Aliens and it shows up in Project X, um, I'm like, oh, huh. All mm-hmm. right. That's that takes me out for just a moment. Like it, it right. I, I'm not able to immerse myself in the movie like I'd like to, because it just, it almost, it, it jars me out of, it's almost like when you're watching a movie, you're in kind of a dream state. And then when something like that happens, it, it like jars you awake for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. But the music was fine. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want to knock the music, but it's just for me personally, just when things like that happen, I'm like, oh, okay. That was a little well, weird. In some ways, it's almost just like you see an actor in a movie, but maybe they're an iconic character in another film. And then it's just like, man, every time I look at that guy, I'm always going to see. Yeah. Fill in the blank, you know? Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, I I mean, for lack of a better, you know, man, I see Mark Hamill and whenever I see him, he's Luke Skywalker or the, the, the actor that played Harry Potter. You know, I could see that. Like if he tries to go into any other film, it's kind of like, Oh man, I'm, I'm always seeing Harry Potter. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I would imagine it's the same with themes and that's happened to me every time you hear that like melody fragment or that, that certain collection of notes or that chord or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like, this doesn't, this doesn't fit in this film. Every time I hear that, I think of that cool tank thing and aliens, you know, yeah. busting through the door. I think of, you know, what have you. So I, I think it's it's the same way we identify with with characters or actors that play them. Yeah. So. Well, before we get into our three questions, do we have anything else we want to say about Ricochet? Solid villain, like yeah, yeah. The concept was. I know we beat this, but the concept was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just needed some polish. I don't know if it needed, you know, we always talk about the dreaded reshoots, but it just needed an extra edit pass, I think, to clean up some of the timing. Maybe that's it. Maybe it is all the timing. Yeah. But young Denzel, young Ice-T, 
Kevin Pollock, solid it, on paper. It sounds really good. Yeah. And you want it to be good. And somewhere it lets you down. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Young Ice-T was still brewing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. I was sitting on that one for a while. You were. You were steeping in it, perhaps. Yes. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> yes, we are. We are well steeped oh, in the terrible puns. Just right. give us time. We'll we'll get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, or we just end up in hot water. So, hey, question. Now. Hey, now there oh, we go. Oi, oi. Yeah. <clears throat> People can't see it, but I'll pull on my collar a little bit. And yeah. <laughs> I, t- hey. I tell you, I get no respect. Man, um, take my take, wife. Take, take please, my wife, please. please. <laughs> looks like the kind of hat you get with a free bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it looks good on you. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we're not talking Rodney Dangerfield. Um, Rodney Dangerfield could be a great villain. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. Um, I'd definitely turn it on the on its ear he'd come across as a little crazy um so question that we that we sometimes end with here uh, a couple of questions before we get to our three questions is does this movie hold up 30 years later so if this movie was being released in theaters today if you saw a movie poster for ricochet what would be the reason that would compel you to go see this movie so you know nothing about it you see the movie poster you see the names on the movie poster maybe you get a glimpse of what the movie's about um what makes you what what compels you to go check this out in the theater if it comes out today? I think for me, I think what you said before is is, you know, it's it's kind of a solid concept. If maybe it wasn't, you know, written the best, maybe I, I don't know. I'm I don't I don't want to sound too judgy here, but I mean it's like I think the concept is cool. Like, hey, a guy that's like uh, you know, upstanding, good citizen, everything like that, yeah, he's gonna get into some trouble, you know. Like that concept. Oh yeah, I'll go see that. I'll go see something that has suspense or thriller as long as the the stakes feel real, you know? Sure. Mm, yeah. Stakes. If they give stake out, right? Some of us, you know, that might be Oh, that'd get me there for sure. There it is. Sure there it is. is. It only took forty five minutes for us to get to food. Mm-hmm. There that's we go. not bad for us. That's not bad. That's that's impressive. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't count tea as food, so Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If anyone watches Ted Lasso, you know the tea is just brown, dirty water. <laughs> I have not watched that yet. I need to. <gasps> oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, you- I will. <laughs> okay. But if you haven't seen Patrick, Ted Lasso, I have not. I oh, yeah. brother, you must must okay. must happen. How long? Are, uh, how long are the episodes? Half hour. Oh, good. I keep looking for a good half hour. Oh, digestible, funny, okay. not to turn this into the Ted Lasso podcast, yeah. but wow. Went in with not a whole lot of expectations, but heard great yeah. things from people. Yeah. Lived up, surmounted, fantastic. Okay. I kept hearing I kept hearing good stuff. I know nothing about it other than just maybe like the initial kind of premise of it, but yeah, I kept hearing good things about it. So it, it's on my list to catch up on, but... And it's a good time to do it because the second season drops in July or something. So you'll oh, okay. have double the material good. Um, while we're on the random streaming television show stuff. Yeah. Um, Peacock. So NBC streaming service, which if you have Comcast, you have a, a yeah. version of it for free. Um, uh, Rutherford Falls with Ed Helms. Good stuff. Okay. Um, let's check it out. We do have Peacock, so I'll check check it out. The interesting thing about Rutherford Falls is it, it's Ed Helms. And honestly, the character he plays almost could be Andy Bernard. Like they could have written it as the next chapter in Andy Bernard's life. And you would have bought it. Oh, nice. You know, the history wouldn't have worked the same way it does, but like he plays Andy Bernard again, but it's awesome. So good. So there we go. Let's check it out. Now that I've sidetracked us again. (laughs) Man, it's an important track to get down. That's fine. Uh, for me, what would make me go see it at the theater? I think, I think the combination of Denzel Washington and John Lithgow would yeah, be, yeah. would be one of the reasons I would go see it. I think also, and there was a stretch of time, particularly in high school where I really, it was enjoying a good psychological thriller. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've mentioned the movie fallen, which is another Denzel movie. Um, I think I'm thinking of, you know, this one kind of makes me think a little bit of the movie ransom. 
um, you know, just kind of like a, a, a psychological thriller like that. And I think knowing that that's what this one is about, you know, the great actors that are in it and knowing kind of the, the genre of the movie, I think that, <laughs> you know, that would have, that would have pulled me in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should have mentioned that too. Cause I think I just talked about the, the plot concept, but yeah, the actors, I mean, like I said, the great incomparable, I mean, he's fantastic. Denzel Washington and John Lithgow. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to echo everything you said, but yeah, the infamous, yes, agree. the infamous, the infamous, infamous. Wow. Infamous. Plus, um, plus one to Pat plus one to John's comment. There you go. Um, would you buy this movie on DVD or Blu-ray or digital? I'm going to go with a solid. No. Yeah. I, I'd have to agree. I'm in that same category. Yeah. I watched it once uh-huh. and it was kind of, like I said, it was, it's fine. Like, I don't feel like I wasted an hour and 42 minutes of my life, but at the same time, probably not going to go back and rewatch it. Kind of nice that it was so, only an hour and 42 minutes that you right. wasted. It was, yeah. it was, it was a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. If I want, if I want more like action kind of thing, I'll go lethal weapon or die hard. If I want more mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, I'll go more of any of his, mo- you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I really, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know I've mentioned it several times now in, in, you know, just like the last minute or so it actually watching this movie actually made me think, Hey, I, I think I've got a copy of fallen here on my shelf over here. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kind of want to go watch that. Actually I do. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I kind of <laughs> want to, I kind of want to watch that again. Right. So that was kind of like, after watching this movie, I was like, nah, would I watch this one again? No. And while I'm watching it, I'm about two thirds of the way through. I'm like, Wow, I really want to go watch Fallen. <laughs> oh. All right. I think we're probably ready for three questions. I think it's go time. Let's do three it. questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, a simple wrong would have sufficed. Um, Question number one. If you had to replace another movie's villain with John Lithgow, what movie would you put him in? And I'm going to tell you, I know my answer right away because I think a combination of like the, the like craziness, if he could kind of maybe tone down some of the goofy levels of crazy that his character gets in this. And if he could just, if he could hone it just a little bit, I want to see John Lithgow as Hannibal Lecter. Ooh, good one. That would be, that'd be my pick. Very good. It was going to be that or Darth Vader. And I figured Hannibal Lecter is probably better. I'm totally joking about the Darth Vader. I don't, <laughs> I, I, would, I thought it would be interesting, but yeah. not in the same way. I was thinking, no. uh, die hard. Oh yeah. Hans Gruber. That'd be a good one. Pat, what have you got? I've got myself on mute for crying out loud. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm Uh, sure. I'm sure everything you said was very profound. Oh, I'm positive. I have got Clarence Bodiger from RoboCop. Yes. Mm, I think think he could really, I think he could really inhabit that role. Yeah. That's a good one. What, but Bo, you made me think of another one too. What was, Bo, what was your answer again? I just die hard. You said die hard. Shoot, maybe John. John, <laughs> I was. I, you guys just talked, and I'm forgetting what you're saying. There was one that you said that sparked them. Like, oh, I said, really, I said Hannibal Lecter from Silence. You said of the Hannibal Lamps. Lecter. Okay, maybe I was thinking of something else. <laughs> I swear, listening audience, I didn't fall asleep. Um, he no, didn't. I'll. I will vouch. Yeah, uh, Clarence. I, I say Clarence Bodiger, and then uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Totally unrelated to what you guys said. I could see him as a Bond villain. 
yeah. I could see him like now you're saying which Bond villain. I don't know, but I mean, I could see him as like oh totally. You could be a blow, he, he could be a Blofeld. Yeah, yeah. Well, he plays he plays the. Um, Let's ooh here's one. Let's do a remake of View to a Kill and have him be a Max Zorin. Yeah, that could be good. You could. Yeah, I, mean, I think you could. Yeah, yeah, that'd work. Little man. Um, I think uh, uh, a view I think he could, to a kill. Ah, I he think said he, it. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I think he could be a Bond villain too because he play. He's the intellectual one. I mean, he's he's got that, and then like, but you know, he can also put books on himself and stab people with spears. So, and and how many actors can you say that about? I you know. Brick killed a guy with a trident. You better lay low. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah. You know, if so, you want to, if you want to go like on the far deep end, I'd be like, he could be the alien in Alien. Yeah. You could just like stand next to shaved head Ripley and stick his tongue out a little bit. Yeah. That could be super awkward. Could be awkward. Much like this movie, that might have taken a little bit too far. You know. <laughs> No, I can't go there. Okay. Not for your comment. I was going to say something else, but not, yeah, I was, I was going to, I was, I was going to try to like, I was going to try to reference again, Deep Space Nine. I think that'll be my goal, oh, like to reference yeah. Deep Space Nine, but it's just like, that so, is a valiant goal. I like it. It's like, I, it's like me in high school trying to fit the word plethora into every essay. That's, that's it. That's it. I, but I, would you say a plethora? It's, I did every single time. Because I think I'm, I'm like, I, I mean, that show in my mind is so perfect. Like I don't want, any of those actors replaced you know what i'm saying so i think he could like i'm like oh he could be this he could be but that's like yeah that's getting too crazy i'm gonna stick with my answers it's three questions and i'm not three answers so i'm sticking with one answer clarence bodiger there we go i've come full circle there you go all right question number two what's the best hostage situation seen in a movie i was having a little trouble narrowing this down yeah, it's well. I don't want to steal someone else's because I think no. I went with the low-hanging fruit on this one. Go for it. If you well, if you say it first, it's not stealing. I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. I went with you know to keep a theme. I said die hard for the villain. I say die hard for this. That the something about all of the hostage scenes in that movie. Something about that atrium where it was staged and. Mm-hmm. Um, the character whose name I'm going to forget now, who tries to buddy up with Hans, just mm-hmm. makes those scenes all the better. Hans, Bobby, Bobby, right? <laughs> that guy. It something about that. Yeah. And who's, and it could also have something to do with the idiot that, that put that, you in charge. <laughs> right. And I feel like it could have something to do with the fact that we've been talking about Die Hard a lot in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks too. But mm-hmm. that was definitely um. Definitely there. Yeah. Good, good call. Good call. Patrick, what about yours? I am going to go with. I'm, I'm going to see I, if I, I, I have a guess, but I'm going to want, I want to hear what you. You got to say it first because I want to see if I'm I've right. got to say it first. Uh, the negotiator. Oh, see, that's not the one I was going with. Solid. Oh, okay. There you go. I, I love that movie. I, it's it's that's a kryptonite movie for me. Like I don't care where it is, I'll turn it on and I'll watch it. And I just like um, how uh, Danny Roman, so, uh, Sam Jackson in that movie. Well, first of all, Sam watching Samuel Jackson is great, but it's I just love the, all the negotiation stuff. I love all the you know the SWAT team coming in, kind of gunfight stuff. But then simultaneously solving a crime at the same simultaneously at the same time. Talk about redundance again. Um, yeah, but I, I just like that, that whole movie, the way it was constructed and they've got some of the humor in there and the, the cast that they put together for that. I, yeah. So I'll go with the negotiator. Okay. All right. That's not because I know you're watching through the Marvel movies. Yeah. The one I thought you were going to go with was when uh, Iron Man lands in the village and the, the terrorists have taken hostages and he just targets them all with the little, he's got the yeah. little missiles shoot out and just get the, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. that one's pretty cool. Thought These you might go with that all one, yours. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had, yeah, like I said, I had a little bit of trouble narrowing this down. Um, I, my first thought was the entire movie of Speed, just because mm-hmm. that one's such a fun movie. Um, the other one I had because it's it's one of my favorite moments in a movie, one of my favorite endings of a movie. So similar in some ways to Die Hard, which we've already kind of talked about, um, and, and people like falling off of large heights to their death. Um, RoboCop was another one. The scene at the end with the uh, you know you you can't you can't fire on an employee of OCP and well, Dick, you're fired. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then you know, that whole thing. Um, the one I think I'm going to go with though is I think I'm going to go with the Dark Knight. Yeah, that whole at the end of the movie with the two boats of hostages, mm-hmm. but then he's also got the hostages in the building that, mm-hmm. you know, the hostages are dressed up as cops or how did it how did it work out? No, the hostages are dressed up as the bad guys and the bad guys are dressed up as the hostages. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got to kind of get that all figured out when he charges into the building. And um, and just that whole scene with the boats and, and them yes. trying to, like, decide, you know, do we flip the switch? Do we blow up the other boat? Would, how do we go about doing this? Like that whole that whole like last, what is it? Maybe half hour, 40 minutes of the movie, whatever it is. Um, that, that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think I gotta it go is. with, I gotta go with dark Knight. Yeah. Great. Great call. Both you guys create uh, but great selections, but that was like, it was, it was down to that one and speed because speed uh-huh. is still, I, I know it's kind of a mindless fun movie, but that's still one of my favorites. <sighs> Good times. All right. And finally, question number three, what's your favorite movie death by impaling? You could go the easy route and say like the first 20 seconds of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Deadpool. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Now, whatever, whatever choice you go with, you got to stick with it. Ah, there yeah. it is. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. he's here all week. I have, what a I have, world, what I a have world. successfully made my point. I'm uh <laughs> dead silence after I said that one too. I'm I'm just letting it all wash over me, John. That just hit me. Oh man. Well, take, take a stab at it. What do you what do you got, Bo? You said Deadpool. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have to go last. I don't know uh I don't know if I came up with one. Um I've I've got a funny one and then I've got my actual answer. Um my funny one is in the cable guy. When he falls onto mm-hmm. the satellite dish at the end and you think that he's been impaled mm-hmm. by that piece in the satellite dish, but it really not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's, he's almost disappointed <laughs> that he's not stabbed through with the, the satellite dish. Right. Um, the answer I'm going to go with, and because this is another one that I saw at a, at a young age. And this time I don't mean like two years old, this time it was like a little bit more like 11 or 12. Um, but the, the movie impalement is impalement. Uh, Impalement's a word. I just made it up. Um, it is. It's a good the, word. Uh, yeah. Um, the the movie impaling that was sh- so shocking to me as a young movie watcher was when Bishop gets impaled by the Queen Alien's tail in Aliens. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to go with that one because there's a whole bunch of other great ones, but I got to go with that one because as, as an 11 or 12-year-old watching that movie, I at that point thought the movie was over. Did mm-hmm. not know that there was about to be a whole other action sequence. And oh, yeah. just when that tail goes right through the Bishop Android, that was like, well, okay, hold on. Yeah. That's the real deal. I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say uh commando. And if I remember mm-hmm. it right yep. there, I mean, cause you know, we were talking about this when we were the guest on, uh, 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 Jerry's podcast about the uh, Die Hard, and it was you were mentioned about when I first saw Commando, you know, and I just yeah, fun, just great action movie, and yeah, that that was the big fight scene, and I think the bad guy got it. Um, he was impaled on something at the end. I can't remember exactly what it, it was. was. Might have been an arm implement or something. It was a lead pipe. That's what it was. And the line was "Let out some yep. steam, Bennett." That's that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna go watch. So, Com- you're gonna go watch Commando after this, aren't you? I, I'm. I'm gonna go watch Commando. Okay. Yes, yes. But are you gonna watch it, Commando? Ooh, uh, it depends. 
Depends if there's hostages involved. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. What's the uh, What's the terrible line from this one? I guess a Beretta in the butt beats a butterfly in a boot, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Again, trying too hard. Yeah. 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 A for effort. Yeah. A for effort. Because when when you say uh, you know I, I won't finish it, but when you say yippee kaye, you know that line, yeah. I understand what you mean. Right. When you try to drop a line like, I guess a Beretta in the butt beats a butterfly in a boot, huh? Like, wait, hold on. Where do I drop my feet in Poughkeepsie? What are we yeah. talking about? I- yeah. 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 I, I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. I, I don't. You, I don't. Yeah. I'm an, I'm a fairly educated person and I, I watch a lot of movies. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Yeah. Except there's a Beretta in somebody's butt. Yeah. No, knowing, knowing that you and I have both watched Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like, why would they put sticks up people's butts? That's cruel. <laughs> I know. I know. Why did they? That's what cruel. A, why would they do that? What a great movie. That's just good. a great movie. Kevin Bacon is a great hero. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for Ricochet. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think we've ricocheted off this one a few times, so uh, that'll do it for this one for us. Um, the We Are the 30-Something Movie Podcast. You can find us at 30podcast.com uh, is our website, at 30podcast on most of the social medias. Our next episodes, uh, July, in the month of July, we've got coming up, um, I'm sorry, month of June, uh, we've got coming up the Guns of Navarone is our Patreon episode. Naked Gun two and a half, JFK, Hot Shots, Toy Soldiers. Um, let's see. And then the next month after that, we've got our Patreon book review is Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy from 91. Then we've got King Ralph, The Commitments, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Hook. And then a, the next month after that, we've got the Patreon episode is Stripes from 1981, Terminator 2, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and Suburban Commando. So all kinds of good stuff and and i if you want to i guess if you want to go commando when you watch suburban commando you could totally do that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we could we could go suburban commando i don't know what that means i i'm just yeah i i don't know what That's that means not too really yeah so uh gentlemen thank you for thank you once again always fun talking movies with you yeah john thank you all right everybody Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.